Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. All right, this is the Rise Above series. We are saying it might be lockdown, it may be pandemic, it may be whatever name they've given it, but we are rising above it. Because you and I are not to be under the circumstances. <laughs> we are out above and not beneath. Amen. We are the head and not the tail. That means the circumstances are beneath us. So we are above the circumstances. And that's what God is calling us to. And uh, I want to reemphasize what Pastor B3 said here this week as worship harvest people. Monday to Friday we are fasting. If you don't know what that means, get yourself a copy of Fasting Simplified. But it essentially means that you eat a lot less food than usual. Especially between morning and evening. Please don't do the royal fast where you fast at night and breakfast in the morning. No. Even though you are a royal household and a royal priesthood, please desist from that style because one of those kings uh, in Babylon fasted like that at night when they threw Daniel in the lion's den. So when he woke up in the morning and the lions hadn't eaten Daniel, he ate. I want to tell you something very important uh, that the Holy Spirit has been moving in this church but there is about to be a major increase of the move of the Holy Spirit in worship harvest and by worship harvest I don't mean the buildings, the Holy Spirit doesn't move in buildings, I mean you and in your family there is going to be an outbreak of the kind of miracles you have not yet witnessed being performed by your own hands with your own voice that's what God is telling me right now. And so I want you to get in with the rest of us because we are believing God for mighty things. God has been speaking to us. If you've, if you've missed some of my broadcasts, not really broadcasts, or the, uh, what are they called? MC Live, but also teaching on Zoom on Tuesday evenings and Friday evenings. If you're a leader and your leader hasn't yet contacted you about that, please contact them. But as I was saying, there's going to be an increase of the move of the Holy Spirit. A lot more people are going to get saved. We've seen a fourfold increase in the last one year. We, everything in this church has multiplied four times in the last one year. Now, the temptation is to think that God is done. No. <laughs> it's about to get crazy. It's about to get crazy in a good way. Uh, <laughs> we've been telling you numbers of people getting saved here, 400, but it's going to 1,000 per, per week. And you're going to see amazing things. The churches that are planting in this season, the 10 locations you are planting in the best season of planting ever, because your locations are going to grow so fast. Uh, we have evidence of that, that some of the locations that have been planted in the recent past, like downtown Gaba Road, have grown so fast. So your locations are going to grow so fast. The moment they are planted, they will just take off in everything. You're going, you're go People have started giving land. to the You know, we've been doing buy the land campaign. People have been giving money. In the last one month, two months, people have donated two plots of land. Something, God is doing something. Something is moving fast. And that's what you are a part of. And because you're a part of it, it will also happen for you personally. 
You see, the prophecy you believe, the prophecy you receive is the prophecy that works for you. If you think that I'm just saying words because I, I don't have a sermon, it's not going to benefit you. But if, if you believe what I'm saying, it's going to happen for you personally. If the church is acquiring land, you're going to acquire land personally. If the church is growing, your business is going to grow. Every affair to do with you is going to grow. Your family, your everything that pertains to you. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying, and he is going to perform it. Here's how you know that God is doing it. There is no strife. There is no struggle. It is supernaturally, naturally supernatural. That's how it's going to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So rise above three, and today we're talking about being anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious for anything. Yeah. Now, let me first share a verse here that I didn't plan to start with, but I have it. Since I have it, I'm going to use it. Proverbs 12, 25. And then I'll tell you something about the verse. Proverbs 12, 25 says, uh, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. So now, we know where depression comes from. Yeah, anxiety in the heart. You see, you can be anxious for a moment because you're thinking about it. You've got a bad report from uh, the doctor, something. You know, you are, he has written to you an, an email. Uh, <laughs> You know, this is July, you know, June, towards the end of June, there's all sorts of panic uh, when you are a right to you. So, there can be those moments where you, you momentarily think about something and what, but it's another thing when the fear, when the anxiety goes into the heart, when you think about it and you let it lay eggs and then they hatch and they start becoming chickens and it gets into your heart. That one causes depression. Because if it was a case of every time you get into a little bit of fear or anxiety, if you got into depression, then everyone would be in depression. But there's a reason why not everyone is depressed. It's not because not everyone has not received bad news. Some people receive bad news and they process it at the surface and they quickly figure out tomorrow the sun will rise, regardless of what's going on. Uh, the, there will still be a government, electricity will be on, water will flow, I will have something to eat, I will start recovering. It's different when you let it in and let it sink to your heart. That causes depression. Now, I had some few things going on with me last week. And uh, on a, a, a few select days, I come and pray from here in the building. So one of those days I came, and the intention was to pray. But I realized that I was letting anxiety get into the heart so instead of praying from where I usually pray, I went to my office, which has a nice couch, and lay down and started just being there. It's never a good thing, but that's what I was doing. <laughs> now, thankfully, I was communicating at that time with Dr. and Mrs. Okulo about something else. So I just happened to mention it to them that, by the way, I came to pray, but I'm lying on my couch. I, I have no energy for prayer no emotional energy, no will. Like, um, I'm just here. And they said, we are coming there now. So they came and uh, they prayed for me 
and lay hands on me and prayed with me, made me tea. Uh, we played sequence. Then we went and made some music, you know. That's like my dream job, sitting around making music. And yeah, by the time the day was done, not the day was done, like by the time of the day, I was good. Yeah, yeah, you see. So these things, they come to everyone, but you have to have a way of dealing with them. And you don't have good friends like those ones who can come to you in moments like this. Because, you know, many of you, you're here, you think, I'm strong, I'm strong, you know, I'm strong. Hey, wait. Typically, people who never get into those moments are people who are carrying nothing. Yeah. Let me just start there. Yeah. If you're carrying anything significant, a day like that is going to come to you when you lie on the couch and you don't want to move. Not that you don't have the energy. It's not about physical energy. No, all the energy is there. You can move if you wanted. But somehow your heart has just, it's like the mental muscles have collapsed and you're just lying down. You need help. That happens to all of us. That happened to me. It happens to me sometimes. And it's not because I don't have food at home. Or it's, it's nothing personal. It's not about my personal issues. It's, it's because of the thing that I'm responsible for. When the, the, the bigger your responsibilities are, the weightier it can get sometimes, and the more you need to be aware. Am I making sense? Are there any saints left? Or some people are like, what? Pastor Mose also had anxiety. I'm, not, I'm going to another church. Yeah, you're welcome to live. Here we are open and truthful. So, so, yeah, but you know, the writer writes in Philippians 4 6, and what does he say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. And the next verse says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, he says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, let nothing bring you anxiety. I looked at the word anxious, and the other words that describe anxious are nervous. You know, we used to have a, a mayor who was asked once whether he was nervous about something and then he says okay <laughs> so nervous anxious nervous you know? worried fretful fearful concerned uneasy I don't know if you are old enough i.e. <laughs> five and above, you, you, you've probably had opportunity to be anxious. Yeah. Because the, the world we live in is, is not yet fully redeemed. We are working on it, but it's not yet fully redeemed. So bad news comes. A bad email comes. A bad phone call comes. A bad text message comes. You go to the doctor, you're expecting something else, they tell you something else. So these things can start working you. Even young people, they worry about things. Weight. Looks. 
You know, when you're young, when, when I was younger, I really thought my nose was the wrong size and shape. I don't know why. I had never done an, a scientific experiment comparing with other noses or weighing them for that matter to decide. But for some reason, I just thought, man, this, this nose is going to bring me problems in life. You know, it's so funny the things we come up with. One of the chief causes of anxiety is looks. What you look like. You look in the mirror. At some point, I completely lost consciousness of that whole world. Because we moved into a new house and spent about two years without a mirror. My wife used to have her own small mirror. I never looked in a mirror for two years. In fact, I was shocked when they installed mirrors here in the church bathrooms and I went and I saw myself. I was like, hey! <laughs> preaching better than you're listening. So there can be all sorts of causes of what? Anxiety. You start noticing the behavior of your spouse. And you're like, I've read this somewhere. I've seen this somewhere in a soap. <laughs> this seems to be going the wrong direction. That can be cause for anxiety. You are now, you're now extrapolating. You did mathematics, you're now extrapolating. Current behavior, you're like, if they continue like this, where is it going to be in three months? Yeah. And for most people, anxiety is financial. Money. Money. Do we have food at home? Where is the school fees going to come from? The children are supposed to be in school. Some of the parents, now you're teachers. Yeah, you used to undermine the profession of teaching. Now you're Musomesa. And you're vowed to pay the teachers better next time they open the schools because you're like, what on earth is this? There are all sorts of causes of what? Anxiety. Anxiety has multiple sources in the world we live in. Now, some people, we, get, we take it one step better. It's as if the immediate environment you're in is not enough to bring you enough anxiety. You go online, you go on social media, TV, and now you start importing more sources of anxiety. You start worrying about the people in the other country and in the other city and in the, as if you can fix it. So the writer says, be anxious for nothing. Now, I, I, I'm going to make a statement that will cause you to think about you can fear without becoming fearful. Fear is a natural reaction that was wired into you by God for self-preservation. In the, in the face of danger, there is either fight or flight. That's why you have something called adrenaline. If for any reason a lion walked into this studio where we are, 
and people are sure this is not some sort of entertainment that has been put on by Disney World. Suddenly, we would be producing Olympians who just didn't go to Tokyo for some reason. It's natural wiring. It's useful. You just find yourself in a certain sense. The locomotion can't be described entirely as running because there is a sense between running and flying. Okay? So that is natural. Now, when you go for military training, they wipe that stuff out. They have a way of wiping it out where you actually lose your capacity to fear danger. Yeah. Now, what, what, I, what I saw in this verse that I wanted to share with you is that he says, be anxious. Being, being is not doing. Let's just say you can fear without becoming fearful. Where fear is now your identity. Where people just know, no, that one fears heights. That one fears rats. Like, I don't know how you come to the conclusion that a rat is going to harm you. Because most fear is not rooted in logic. So when you find that you are having a fear that's not rooted in logic, it's possible that you went through an experience that then crept its way into your heart and now you possess the anxiety as a part of your identity. There are people who don't want to date. They are avoiding marriage because of something that happened with people they know, like their parents or their relatives. So now the anxiety about the future with the spouse is part of their identity. So every boy who comes around, you know, waving flowers, somehow the flowers wither before something serious happens. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. So that's why he says, be anxious for nothing. He, he has already taken into account the fact that you'll encounter scenarios that cause temporary fear where you quickly have to analyze and think, well, is this going to bring the sun and the moon and the stars down? If not, let me get into a good space so that the incident does not then define my identity moving forward. So he says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. Jesus said, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. And then he says something very radical and potentially annoying if you understand the context. Do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Like, are you for real? Now, of course, it sounds innocent here until if you realize you are one of the disciples, you've left home, wife, 
ETC to follow this guy for three years. This is your inv life investment. Somehow you thought this is the guy who is going to take away the Romans. Uh, you know, this one's going to be the prime minister, this minister of foreign affairs, the other. And then in the next 24 hours, your dude is going to be crucified. And you'll be seeing all your dreams go up, not in smoke, on a cross. <laughs> and then he says, Don't, do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. In other words, he's saying, to let. You see, I'm holding this phone. I can let go. It is in my power. When they say, when they say let it go, it means it's in your power to let it go. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. It means it's in your power. Do you see that he uses the same thing? Heart. In other words, there can be trouble around you without you letting the trouble into your heart. It will even be in your head because the only way you can assess the trouble is by your head, using your brain. You just know this is bad. This, is this just the financial report here with the negative how many millions this is bad this is really bad and then it says now having analyzed how bad it is and you're talking to all the right people to figure out how to make it better don't let it get into your heart because if you stop sleeping at night because of the financial report, the lack of sleep, let me, this is really scientific, by the way, listen carefully. The refusing to sleep does not improve the financial report. Yeah, that's my quick research. That's my personal research, scientific. Yeah. You could take that to any other area. Medical report. You got a bad medical report. Staying awake and thinking about yourself in a coffin does not turn the report into a better one tomorrow morning. It only gets worse. So Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Meanwhile, this is the same person who said, in this world you will have many troubles. So it might seem contradictory. You will have you, 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 not the other guys. <laughs> you will have many troubles. And then he says, do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, the many troubles you are going to have in this life must be kept outside of you. Hallelujah. He says, do not let your... He says, that's why he says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Yeah. Don't let it get to your heart. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it get to you. Keep it outside. Close the door. Bible says, guard your heart for from it flows the issues of life 
In other words, without guarding it, the stuff that's going to start flowing out won't be exactly life. Hallelujah. There is a very dramatic verse in Psalm 3, verse 6, written by none other than David. <laughs> he says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all round. <laughs> you know, one of the chief causes of fear and anxiety is the fear of people. People's opinions, people's whatever, what will they think? The other one thinks this. The one here, oh, he, ha, he, he. Look, most people that you're fearing are not even thinking about you. They are worried about their own stuff. Hmm. We worry. What do we look like? What do our clothes look like? What do our cars look like? What do our houses look like? What do our children look like? What do our spouses look like? What do... Hey! Everyone is worried about their own things. Now David says, okay, first forget those who are not even worried about their things. They are against me. And he says, put 10,000 together and says, I will not be afraid. What are you fearing? What are you fearing? Whatever it is that you have embraced to fear, you do not have to fear it. Hallelujah. Fear of death. Look, it makes absolutely no sense to fear death. Because research has shown that 100% of all dwellers of the planet at some point die. So what does it say? Instead of being anxious, there's a good word there. It's but. 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 Yeah? Be anxious for nothing, but. But in everything. Not in some of the things. Not in the big things. Not in the things that. No. In everything by prayer. So this is the antidote to anxiety. The antidote to anxiety is to not be not anxious. I don't even know whether that sounded right. Like, to not be anxious, you don't sit down and write a resolution and say, I, Beatrice Biemanzi, hereby resolve, henceforth going forward, in the presence of many witnesses, that... I intentionally, comma, deliberately, comma, hmm? <laughs> strategically, 
unreservedly and without any doubt. Being of sound mind today, declare, I shall not be anxious. Signed this 18th day of July 2021, the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Signed and stamped. Witness one, witness two. No! You can tell yourself a thousand times that you'll not be anxious. And the one thousand one time you'll be anxious. Because the antidote to anxiety is not decisions. The antidote to anxiety is not even to say, it's not to switch off your phone. Because you're going, the moment you switch it on, some relative will have forwarded something on that WhatsApp group of your family about which people are dying of COVID, where which variant now is coming and has not spared the rest, and somehow you... Wow. The antidote is prayer. Prayer. In other words, you either pray or you'll be anxious. There's no middle ground. <laughs> you either pray or you'll be anxious. So you either embrace prayer or embrace anxiety. Did I tell you my story of anxiety? I told you when I came to pray and instead went to my couch. <laughs> Do you see what was happening there? Uh, because I wasn't praying. <laughs> I embraced anxiety and it took other people who were not part of my anxiety to come and what? Pray, not discuss the anxiety. Can I tell you what it doesn't say here? It doesn't say counseling. It doesn't say in everything by counseling and discussion and argument on the WhatsApp group. It's by prayer. Prayer. Connecting to one that is so much greater than your current problem. You see, this phone, not, this is too big even. Let me see whether tomorrow has something here that I can use. No, I need something smaller. Give me that, give me that. This plug. Hmm? This is this plug. I can pocket this plug. Are we okay? So I can pocket this plug. Oh, I can put it here and I can't see where I'm going. You can get your problem and bring it so close that you are incapable of movement. Or you can take it away and pocket it. 
and pray. You see, what you focus on grows. When your focus is your problem, it's actually not becoming bigger, but your perception of it is growing bigger. And soon you'll start malfunctioning. Because you're so focused on the issue. What does it say? Instead, pray. By prayer, mm -hmm, and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And you think, what am I going to give thanks for? The Bible says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Think about Jesus. Luke 5.16, it says, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. If Jesus needed to pray often, you also need to pray often. You see, People keep wondering how prayer works. So I'm going to show you how it works. One, often. Yeah. Just write down that word, often. And then ask yourself, is your prayer life, can it be described as often? For a Christian, a normal Christian, prayer is daily. Just like food. Daily. And a good guide as to how long it should go is one hour as a minimum. Because Jesus said, couldn't you wait for, with me even for one hour? So one, often. And says, often withdraw. So you must have a place to which you withdraw. How, 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 how? often. If you've tuned into this channel today, Sunday, and you're saying we are in prayers, once a week is not good enough. In fact, even now you haven't withdrawn. You're just watching. So, if you're going to master anxiety, one, your prayer must be frequent. Mark 1.35 says, Now in the morning, what time is that? Morning. Yeah, that's the second thing. So the first thing, it must be often. In others, Daily. The second thing, it should be in the morning before anything else. Now, am I saying prayer doesn't work any other time? It works any other time. But I'm saying if we are to follow Jesus, I think there is a thing he knew about doing it first thing. He says in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. So this just one verse gives us a lot. One, in morning. Two, a long while before daylight. Now I can assure you that 7 a.m. is after daylight. 6 a.m. is at daylight. 5 a.m. is before daylight, but not a long while. You see, I'm not putting rules about prayer. I'm just telling you that if you want a certain kind of result or harvest, this is the seed you have to plant. It's a long while before daylight. So, a long while before daylight, solitary place, prayer. You need to find a place of solitude to pray. Amen.
Colossians 4 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So one, it's earnest, meaning there is a bit of, <coughs> you are in it. But it says continue, meaning that you're not just starting. And then it says being vigilant. You see, vigilance is not Wow. Interpretation services. When they say the person is vigilant, you know they are like you are into it, you are awake. One time we started getting a, a, a certain level of frequency of thieves trying to get into houses in our neighborhood. And we had to mobilize all the men to do patrols at night together. We would patrol walk the neighborhood. When we find people who are just walking around, we ask them, who are you? Where are you going? Show us your ID. That, they call that what? Vigilance. That's the same way you should take prayer. Acts 12, 5 says that Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer. We are, I've been telling locations, if your location pastor hasn't yet told you, they are not leading you well, that you need to have a 24-hour prayer chain for your location. Especially those locations which have enough people. If your location has 13 people, 24-hour chain may not work because it means everyone has to cover two hours a day. But I believe that every worship harvest location has enough people. There is no location that has less than 100 people. So if you have 100 people, it's easy to do. Yeah, constant prayer for this nation. Amen. For the coming revival that God is telling us about. Amen. What's the result? Verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. The peace. Jesus says, My peace I give to you. God's kind of peace. Actually, the word that's used in Hebrew is, is shalom. You see, for us, when you think peace, you're thinking tranquility. You're, you're seeing a person, you know, doing yoga with their both fingers touching like that. That's what you call peace. No, that's not the Hebrew understanding of peace. Let me show you what peace is here. Shalom, I got this from a, a website, Jews for Jesus. It says, the ancient Hebrew concept of peace, rooted in the word shalom, meant wholeness ah I'm telling you the result of prayer because huh? it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding so the first word is what wholeness wholeness imagine yourself whole internally and externally wholeness integral Centeredness. Ooh. If you don't pray, you'll start fraying at the edges. So, wholeness. 
Yeah? Pastor Angie, Pastor Bissi, start coming up. Completeness. Ah. Some people think they will only be complete when they get a boyfriend. Lie! Lie! In fact, that boyfriend will take away even the little stability you currently possess if you are not rooted in Christ. God has designed you to be completed by him, nothing else. Never get into a relationship to be made whole. You get into a relationship to love. Don't use that relationship as a crutch to support all your missing parts emotionally. Otherwise, you're going to be such a burden to your spouse. So, how do you get whole? Pray. Wholeness, completeness, soundness. Soundness. Hmm. Hmm. Soundness. Hmm. Hmm. But the thing is what? Sound. Are you people coming? Why you moved slowly? Come, I tell you about soundness. We're talking about wholeness, soundness. Mm. You see where I live in Chitukutwe. Mm. The tarmac ends somewhere, then you have a Maram Road. Mm. Now, there are those cars which, if you drive, there's like one that they have been picking me in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The sound that the car is making mm. is too much. <laughs> When the car makes a lot of sound, it is not sound. No. <laughs> Do you know a guy said that he found a solution for the car, the cranking noise? That, you know, people drive. The car is like that. He said, I, I, he finally found a solution for his, what, his car when, when, when it is like what? Increase the volume on the radio. <laughs> That's so bad, but good. Here's a tip, Pastor Chris Kawesa, who gave me that wisdom. But anyway, <laughs> so the, we are talking about shalom, wholeness. When you think wholeness, what do you think? I know you are, you have a way with words. When I think wholeness, it's just there's a certain foundation of peace in everything that you're doing. Your heart is well, your mind is mm. well, your mm. finances are well. Mm. Your mind. It's just that foundation of peace everywhere in your life. I know you ladies, you're not too much into sports, I know. But for those who are, have you ever tried to play a ball where the pressure is not sufficient? Oh, wow. 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 In other, it's not whole. It's not complete. Wow. If you are that ball, you, they, you can't even bounce off the floor. Mm. Prayer can fix you. Because mm. there's a peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. When we talk about peace, we're not talking tranquility. We're talking kia, shalom. Yes. Wholeness, completeness, soundness. That car. Have you ever been driven in a car where you don't hear anything? Yes, yes. Even when the radio is off. Yes, yes. Because for some cars, the, the only way to reduce the external sound <laughs> is to increase the internal sound. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Timo, I'm not saying you're the one, but 
<laughs> health. Health. That's part of God's shalom. Safety. And prosperity. Yes. Wow. So, wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, and prosperity. And here is what's important: the, the latter part. Mm. Carrying with it the implication of permanence. Yes. In other words, it's not here today, gone by evening. Yes. Permanence. Mm. The peace of God. Is available for you today. Pastor B3. Wow. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding is available to guard our hearts and minds, to fiercely protect and put a firewall around our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And, And the first place of receiving that peace is by getting into a permanent relationship with Jesus Christ, the prince of peace, the source of peace himself. He wants to come into your life and calm those storms, those storms that have raged in your life. Maybe you think if you do it better or if this, if you can try this or the other, it will settle things. But Jesus has a way of coming into our lives and settling things. So today, I want to give you the opportunity to make up Jesus a permanent source in your life of peace by getting into relationship and covenant with him. It's so simple. Paul the Apostle writes and says that if we believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So today, I want to give you an opportunity. You want to make Jesus Lord of your life or you've walked so far away from God that you feel so distant and you want to make a fresh commitment to him today. This is the day of making that commitment. I want you to do something simple for me. Just put your hand up where you are. Regardless of who's around you, you're saying today, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to connect. I want to reconnect with my source today. And I want you to pray this simple prayer after me. So Lord Jesus, today I come. I bring every burden and I lay it at your feet. I receive your peace. I receive your love. I receive your acceptance. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive your love. Today I'm a child of God. Today I am born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please let us know. Let us know. We want to connect you to a loving family. The number is 0775642449. Send us a message and let us know you made a decision to follow Jesus. Now, if you're watching and you're from Worship Harvest specifically, Apostle has just told us the solution to anxiety. Don't wait for the anxiety to come to start building a peace. You can have this God of peace non-stop. I want to invite you to the 5 a.m. prayer at your location. Maybe you've watched and decided that 5 a.m. is too early or I don't know what it is that has stopped you from joining the Zoom prayer at 5 a.m. But I want to challenge you starting tomorrow morning to join that prayer time and to be part of the prayer and fasting this week. God wants to re-establish altars of real peace in our lives that will be just will be the ones ministering peace in our families. Peace, 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 peace through prayer. So join that space this week. Amen.
you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. Territory